Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pet oh. Nice oh. Chris, six months? Six months? How have you been? Where have you been? I've just been getting roasted by Al from work every now and again Yeah, just, you know, changing nappies and now I'm into a different form of, a, of babysitting now. Yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Right, you ready to do this? Well, yeah, although I am slightly disappointed that there isn't a hat and a suit for my chauffeur. No. I am sitting in the front as well, which And I have looked weird. for Carabao this morning. We still haven't... We haven't got any Carabao yeah, well, for the journey. Well, we might find it on the way. We might, we might. Okay, right. Well, here we go. So I'll do the little speech. It's, it's 159 miles to Old Trafford. I've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of Harabao Star Mix. It's light, and I'm wearing very focals. What's Harabao? You were supposed to do the next line, Chris. I don't know what the next line is. <sighs> Hit it. King of the road Third boxcar Midnight train Destination Banger main Oh, worn out Suit and shoes I don't pay no Union dues I smoke gold stogies I Unbelievable. Well, we stopped at the Big Morrison's in West Denton. We've actually, this was your shout. We've actually found, uh, we found Carabao. There's quite a lot of flavours there. Yeah, it turns out there's about five or six different flavours. Yeah. We've gone for the original. Gone for the original, yeah. Not in the fridge. So. That was quite an interesting experience at the checkout as well. Why? Why? Yeah, it, it basically, we had to wait a couple of minutes because we had to get approval. And uh, I thought I was going to get ID'd and I'd left my Yeah, but approval for Carabao. Well, because it's an energy drink. You know, Do you know what? Like... I don't think that. I think it's because it's fucking dangerously delicious. Well, there you go. I think it's dangerously delicious. Let's give this a go. Come on. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't describe it as dangerously delicious. No, but you know something? I'm fucking up for the cup right now. I am up for the cup. Right, four hours to go. Let's do this. Come on. King of the road. I know every engineer on every train. All of the children and all of the names. And every handout in every town. And every lock that ain't locked when no one's around. Just walking out of T-Bay services, I would say that Chris looked like a kid in a sweet shop, but he looked like a kid in a meat shop. How was it for you? I mean, this is possibly the best thing to have happened to me in a few weeks. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah. This is. What have, you, what have you bought? I have bought uh, some Cumberland sausage rings. Of course. And I've bought some lamb uh, lamb leg steaks, and I've right. also bought uh, a black pudding Scotch egg and uh, beef and Stilton pie. Just it's just classic waff. I've missed this so much classic waff. Excellent. Two hours of pushing broom buzzer, 
eight by twelve four-bedroom I'm a man of means by no means King of the road so we're standing in the Munich Tunnel in the Sir Bobby Charlton's band at Old Trafford, got here safe. Um, a largely incident-free journey, but um, it's not all been... It's been a little bit tense in the car for the last couple of hours, Chris, hasn't it? And it's not just because we were immediately at each other's throats after getting back together. Maybe you can explain to the listeners what's, what's happened. Yes, I'm very kindly said you were going to go the long way so that you could take me to TB. We were just about to come off the A69 and I mentioned tickets and suddenly there was panic on George's face and he's like, I've forgotten my ticket. And it was one of those moments where I thought he was joking and it turned out, no, you actually did not have your ticket, did you? No, I, I, left, my, I left my match ticket in the house. So, um, what are you blaming me for? Because I turned up early. Well, you, you turned up 25 minutes early at my house, Chris. I mean, no one turns up anywhere 25 minutes early. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so it was your fault, but you then very kindly did ring the Newcastle box office. And I have to say, I was like sure that I was just going to be sitting here in a car waiting for you for five hours. I really would have been your chauffeur tonight. But um, no, they, they got it sorted. And by the time I turned up to the ticket office here, they very kindly reprinted my ticket. But I'm feeling slightly shamefaced and I'm embarrassed. And having taken the piss out of you for meat at T-Bay, I, I feel like I've got, got my comeuppance pretty quickly. Well, now that we are here, though, let's go match predictions then, shall we? Well, what do you, what do you, I am going to go, it's going to be a much change in Castle side, I suspect. I'm going to go for Newcastle to win on penalties. 1-1 one, one Newcastle. After, after extra time and penalties? No extra time, there is no extra time. No, no, that was a joke. Oh, that was yeah. a joke. Thankfully, thankfully. Okay, 5-0 Newcastle. Um, I'm pretty sure that's, that's going to happen. It's absolutely pissing down with rain, but I'm, uh, I'm very excited. It's been a fun, fun journey, apart from that, yeah, that, that bit of bit of tension and nausea towards the end all right well let's uh, let's catch up afterwards ah oh, there we go wonderful stuff hello and welcome to pod on the time my name's taylor Payne, and george corkin and chris woff have made it back from manchester how the devil are you chaps how are you doing chris did you enjoy your little jaunt in the car i'm still absolutely hyper on carabao <laughs> um hyperventilating <laughs> i think in, in some ways <laughs> just Oh, yeah. there. Is he going to go oh, wow. for it? Oh, yeah, I've got some a, for the sm- It's a slippery it's slope. It's early morning record. You've, you've got to get some Carabao in you, haven't you, this early? Oh, it, it's a new version of hashtag cans, isn't it? Oh. Um, yeah, it's... The first sip was, was sort of all right. It's sort of like Pound Shop Red Bull, but by the end, it's like I was hallucinating at the end of that can, which is not great when you're on the on the A69. Oh, that that tastes like despair. <laughs> it tastes like the awful. despair of Manchester United. Well, it certainly United. does to Manchester yeah, United. It tastes, yeah, it does. It's the sweet, sweet taste of victory. So, George, um, you forgot your ticket, didn't you? Yeah. What, that wasn't clever, was it? There is a technical term, and it is twat. Um, so, yes, I did. But all's well that ends well, and it was just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day. I've never laughed so hard in an away end. I really haven't. It was just... It was fabulous, and for me this season, it's it's up there with the PS the PSG moment, just because you don't get to see Newcastle win at Old Trafford. It was just brilliant. It was hilarious for that team to play like that in those circumstances was just incredible. So, as you can hear from my voice, there was a bit of singing and chanting involved, and um, great to be back in harness with Chris as well. It was just uh, it was just a brilliant day. 
great fun. Right then, so to the events of last night. 7,300 Geordies in the away end, a plethora of injuries to the first team, and a showdown with a wounded Man United. Let's cast our minds back to 7.15pm when the team's announced. Half of the team is full-backs, that's a double pardew, if you will, <laughs> uh, and quite, quite a few Newcastle fans aren't happy at all. Well, they needn't have been worried. Yo, Chuck, what's the move, man? I was on my way up here to the studio, you know what I'm saying? And this brother stopped me and asked me, yo, what's up with that brother, Chucky D? Fifteen changes across the two teams tonight, but there should be some hungry players as Manchester United prepare to get us going. But yo, right now, kick the base for them brothers and let them know what goes on. wins that duel. And he's on some run himself now. Arrives on the scene and fires Newcastle in front. And they have set a challenge to Manchester United now as they look to avenge last season's final defeat. And 7,000 Jordies are loving it. Watch the masses move as the masses switches. System distant, but barely missed her. My soul just to save my brothers and sisters. Castle not hanging around. Will it for the goal scorer, Miguel Armoron? Yeah, that's right, Chuck, man. That's what you gotta do. Armoron, what a pass that is for Joe Willett. We've got some sort of cross in. Oh, it's Lewis Hall this time! Newcastle double their lead! And it's a Newcastle fan on target! Manchester United! Dejected and desolate as Newcastle roars into a 2 0 lead. Desecrated while the coroner waited. Any given sudden, so we all ran. Joe got a foot in. And Joe Willock is advancing now. Willock! Oh! It's a fabulous finish! Injured for much of the season. He's just taking out his frustration there. It's a terrific performance from Newcastle. There we go, glorious stuff, Chris. Warms the cockles, doesn't it? It certainly does. And having just come back to, to mention that team sheet, in the hour between the team sheet being announced, I'd heard, I'd heard that there was going to be significant changes, but I didn't know exactly what the team was. I only had it an hour beforehand as well. And when the team came out, the amount of combinations I went through to try and work out exactly how they're going to play. No was it a three at the back? Was it 4-3-3 as it turned out to be? Who was going to be in the positions? And in every eventuality I came out with, Matt Target as the deep-lying midfielder was not one of them. So <laughs> it went, wow, that was staggering as well. That it was, And then he lasted 80 seconds and then Newcastle had to change again. It was it was just incredible that that, that that side... You have to bear in mind that Eddie Howe would have rotated regardless for this, but the whole point of Newcastle having the depth that they added in the summer, Sandro Tonali, Harvey Barnes, was that if he made several changes, as he did... 
for the Man City game, even though he had injuries then, the team that he played then was still significantly stronger than the one he was able to play last night. The whole point was that you can rotate but still have a strong team. He didn't have that. Newcastle were without seven first-team players. They then lost Matt Target. They didn't even have the likes of Lewis Miley to bring in. She said so many fullbacks. Seven of the team who started haven't started a Premier League or Champions League game yet this season. Several of them out of position. Emil Kraft hasn't played in, in, in 14, 15 months. Paul Dummett's played once against Man City in 14 months. Lewis Hall had a very difficult first 45. And you just go through the entire team. Matt Ritchie's bet hasn't played at all this season. All these players have come in and the performance they delivered at a ground that Newcastle have won once at since 1972. It was just absolutely staggering. I don't think anybody saw that coming, did they, George? Nobody. Um, I said 5-0. Well, you said 5-0, didn't you? But I think you were. that was a Carabao-fueled uh, prediction, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, there was a lot of Carabao going through my through my veins at that point. That is true. But then when the team came out, I, I went back to Chris and said, OK, 4-0. So, I, you know. That's so fair. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. No, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. It was one of the kind of, you know, one of those away ends where you're just laughing your head off because it's that Newcastle had no right to be that good, admittedly against a terrible team, but Newcastle were a team. I mean, that's the whole point. And they were just so good. And Chris, Chris, Chris mentioned there those stories throughout their 11 just some kind of brilliant stories. And you just have to be incredibly proud. I mean, we had that bit of angst after Wolves, looking at the bench, looking at the, you know, looking how tired Newcastle looked in sections of that game. And, you know, I then kind of wrote something, try, trying to sort of talk about that 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 sort of position that Newcastle were in. And, you know, was Liveramento, was Hall the right, were they the right things to do in the summer? Because that's been a lot of the debate kind of post-Wolves. And... Well, you just you just have to be very very proud of this team and the way they the way they can adapt and the way they can rise and lift themselves. They had no right to be as good as that. They were just exceptional. They were magnificent. Uh, and we had an email from Paul Robinson. This was sent to us uh, on Wednesday night at twenty one fifty eight. I'm going to read this email verbatim. By the way, Tino Livermento is fucking mint. Discus. <laughs> I think he means discuss, but. <laughs> I'm sure you could do yeah, the discus yeah. as well. I'm, I'm given last night. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree with Paul. I'd say Tino Livramento is fucking mint javelin. Javelin, yeah, absolutely. But apart Lewis from Hall that, he's brilliant. Spot on. Long jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Livramento, he was unreal, wasn't he? He had help on that right hand side, but you'd imagine he could have handled uh, Gonacho and Regulon by himself if he'd needed to. Big and strong and quick and precise. And that assist for that first goal summed up his performance, didn't it, Chris? It was incredible. It was. I mean, he was almost more impressive defensively against Man City because of the calibre of, of, of opposition he was up against. He was against Jack Grealish and had him in his pocket. There were all of the tweets afterwards. And that was when he really, I think, forced himself into the affection of Newcastle fans. And those Tino chants really began. But then last night, Garnacho, just everything Garnacho tried, Livermento had an answer to it, and and then some. He, he was he was winning tackles, corners, uh, throw-ins, and then nicking the ball. And for the opening goal, I mean, Miguel Almiron does brilliantly. The, his touch and finish is, is exceptional, and and just of that is a great part of the goal. But the goal is completely made by Tino Livermento. He might not score it, but he nicks the ball from Garnacho, then runs forward, and he has both Hannibal and Mason Mount trying to get at him, and he goes past them as if they're not there comes inside, so he's got in his own half, then goes into the Man United half, comes inside, and then as he's coming inside, he doesn't then panic, he has the wherewithal to spot Almiron's run down the blind side and left-hand side, and then play an absolutely perfect 
ball in behind. I think it's Dallow for, for Almiron to, to run onto. It was superb. That is why Newcastle signed Livermento. The defensive side, he's really come on because you speak to people from when he was at Southampton and Chelsea and, and that was the, the sort of drawback in his game. But going forward, he is devastating. He's different to Kieran Trippier in the way that he can bomb forward and do that. But he he is an attacking outlet and that was just that showed such maturity for a 20-year-old. He was brilliant. What, what do we do with him? I mean, what do you do with him? I mean, he's so he's so good. I mean, does he have to wait until the until the next round for another game? I mean, but then you're talking about Kieran Trippier, who, in so many of those metrics, so many of those stats, is the best right back in the Premier League. This is it. But he was just he was fabulous. Chris, you mentioned Mason Mount there, which is which is interesting because he certainly wasn't mentioned in any way, shape, or form last night. We had a quick chat in the car afterwards. I didn't realize he was playing. I mean, he had a shot, didn't he? In the he did have half, a shot. It was his yeah. first shot on target in a Man United shirt since he signed for them, which I thought was an amazing stat. Yeah, there was a lovely moment at the end when obviously Newcastle came over to the seven thousand three hundred. Geordie's on the way end and did their usual thing, clap back whilst they were being serenaded. And Livramento was pushed forward because Newcastle fans were chanting Tino, Tino. He was pushed forward. He looked a bit sheepish, but he, um, you know, he raised his raised his hands and took that bow and he deserved it. He was he was absolutely incredible. What a player. What a player Newcastle have on their hands. George is, is saying, where can you fit him in the team? And I don't think this is by any stretch of the imagination necessarily what Eddie Howe will want to do a lot of the time, but he did finish the game as a right-sided forward. So you have that option, given given the lack of forwards and attacking players Newcastle have at the moment with all the injuries that is that is an option maybe for later in games with that pace and ability to to run it and, and you could maybe get him and Trippier on the pitch at the same time at certain point and see how that works This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, if Tino, he was man of the match, wasn't he? But if, uh, if he was man of the match, then Lewis Hall wasn't far behind as well. Was he great? performance from him neat and tidy nice and physical and an absolutely sensational finish for his goal George wasn't it and his little face when he ran away celebrating what a little cheeky chappy it was brilliant loved it a brilliant moment you know a family of Newcastle supporters so just just a just a kind of fabulous moment for him and I'm sure you know I think in the first five ten minutes I think there were signs of nerves but he absolutely got over that and he's put that you know that Man City first half to bed now, which is good because you know that was a really that was a really tricky moment for him coming off at half time and then Newcastle kind of going on to win. That can't have been fun, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely showed his class, showed his worth. If we're talking about men of the match, though, there is such a there's such a lot to choose from. I mean, it's certainly in terms of that kind of 
impact than than Liveramento probably deserves it. But I do want you know Chris Chris mentioned this at the start. I do want to mention Emil Kraft, Emil Kraft and, and Paul Dummett, the two centre halves. When you see that centre half pairing against Man United at Old Trafford, they do have pace in their team, and you're thinking to yourself, blimey, you know that is asking so much. I do want to give Kraft a, a big mention because his first game since the League Cup match at Tranmere in August last season, when he got that horrible injury, it's been a really, really difficult spell for him. You know, he's been around the team, obviously, but he'd been playing so well as Kieran Trippier's deputy. We forget that he was in the team because Trippier got injured in that in that first season post-takeover. He was really good. He was showing his best form post his arrival. I talked to him in the summer in, in America and he sort of said, you know, when I... When I come back into the Newcastle team, when I play another game for Newcastle, it'll be the best day of my life probably. And my God, he he lived up to that to that billing. He was so good, just such a brilliant, brilliant moment. And yeah, Chris said against Dummett, who's not played either, they were just terrific. They were so good. So I wanted to give him a special shout because, in the circumstances, yeah, what a performance. I mean, we made the joke as well about fullbacks at the start and the, and the number in the team. It's but not his position. Yeah, Emil Kraft is a right back, and if he has played the first time he really played as as, as a centre back was in a back three when he played as a right sided centre back yeah. under Steve Bruce a few times. Dummett is more of a he can play left back or or centre back, but equally he usually plays left sided centre back in a three. But the two of them played in in, in that back four and, and were just terrific. I, I agree with George's. They just didn't. I mean, Martial just could not get in the game because they, because they they were there. I mean, Man United. He didn't pose a huge threat, but I also thought that they marshaled them very well. Coming back to Lewis Hall, looking back at that Man City game, as much as I thought he looked nervous and struggled, I also think in hindsight that maybe Howe looked at it and thought changing his position three times didn't help him because I think it almost made him more yeah, nervous, yeah, kept moving yeah, around the point. pitch. And that's what I thought with the team selection when he puts Target as, as the deep-lying midfielder and then when Target goes off not to move Hall to make sure that Hall stays as the left-back. We've signed him primarily as a left-back. He can play in these other positions, but we need to give him a, a, an actual match in this position, tell him that's why he's playing. And he seemed to, to grow and belief of that there was a couple of nervy moments early on but the way that he played a few lovely one-touch passes getting in between the lines trying to feed the ball and his technique for the for the goal is brilliant I mean what Harry it's a terrible header from Harry Maguire but to have the composure to just to just watch the dropping ball and then connect with it in the way that he does it an honor slightly unsighted and doesn't get across and then yeah for for a boyhood Newcastle fan albeit one who was born in Slough but his days his father is from up here that is just such a, a special special moment um and and he will hopefully take so much confidence from that performance again now you look at it and think whereas people were were questioning before the match Newcastle have spent the best part of 70 million pounds on Tino Livramento and Lewis Hall who for now seem to be reserved fullbacks hopefully there are also options and given how stretched Newcastle are and given the number of competition and volume of games they're in they're going to they're going to be required and hopefully they can they've shown that they can deliver and that's what Howe said afterwards he said I signed them for now as well as for the future yeah they've certainly put a strong case forward haven't they um that midfield as well was absolutely terrific Joe Linton and Forson in the middle there captain Sean Longstaff superb quick thinking for the second goal uh, dynamic and energetic hour from Joe Willock as well his goal completely killed the game didn't it George that was it just as man you were getting their tails up having a bit of possession Joe Willock steps forward and smashes one in the bottom corner yeah and a trademark kind of goal from him tracking into the area does that so well but of course started off by Joe Linton winning the ball in midfield in the way that he does and 
I think that's really important. He now that that performance looks like that's Gillington back at his best. It's taken him a while to kind of get back up to full physical match sharpness. The kind of uh, player who you would just hate to have bearing down on you, and he was he was back to his best. Longstaff, got of course, didn't he? of course, yeah, Longstaff. <laughs> Captain on his 150th appearance for Newcastle. Brilliant moment for him. And it's no surprise that he's one of the players that stays in the team because he is, as we say repeatedly week after week, he is one of the tempo setters for the team. It's his shot as well, I mean. That was, oh, I thought it was in. I thought it was in. I was convinced it was in. Yeah, I've, I've watched a bit of like Gary Neville's sort of commentary and they were, they were kind of behind it. And you know they thought it was in what a what a connection that was yeah just so so pleased for him but that midfield it was just all over Man U brilliant we've spoken before about Joe Willock and to bring in another Alan Pardewism that he's almost like a new player at this stage of the season coming in and he is because he brings something different to that midfield the way that he drives forward with possession the the running power that he brings and I think that him and Joe Linton complement each other so well whether they're playing as they have done previously one of them as a left-sided number eight and one of them as a left-sided forward interchanging or whether it's in midfield there where Joe Linton moved back to to be the deep-lying midfielder and Joe Willock was on the left side of midfield Almiron also played left-sided forward and I think you saw what he can bring there that's what he the position he played when he first came to Newcastle and he's almost been converted fully into a right-sided forward but you can see he can bring something on the left as well but Willock that is such a refreshing time for him to come back in the side. He doesn't look like he's been away. You could see how hungry he was now, desperate. And the finish the finish was great. But I thought the first half as well, in transition, he caused Man United all sorts of problems. And as he gathers more and more fitness and strength, with Sandro Tonali now out, that's a huge time for him to return. Anthony Gordon as well was another one of uh, Eddie Howe's planned subs, wasn't he? But he'd, he'd run his race. But he'd given Maguire and Lindelof so much to think about, George. He was all over them, wasn't he, in that first half? Yeah, and again, this was something that, that people were debating and that we were talking about too. Obviously, with Alexander Isak out until the next international break, it was like, you know, what do you do with Callum Wilson? Can he play all those games together? Well, no is 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 the obvious answer to that. And it's very difficult to kind of risk him in all these in all these matches. And so Gordon was the choice to play in that sort of more forward role. He didn't score a goal, but he was terrific. He's just and again, it's not, it's not, it's no surprise that he's one of those players that stay in the team because a he's just full of such such good form. But if you're a centre half, you would hate to have that running at you, you know, that change of pace. And he's a nuisance. He's an absolute pest. And he 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 did his job. It was a it was a brilliant shift. And now I think after that, I think we can feel a lot more settled about you know that idea of. Okay, Isaac's out, but at least now there's an option, and that is a you know that's a good option. He, um, yeah, ran his heart out as always. In a strange sort of way, when the team sheet came out, one of the main concerns I actually had was was Anthony Gordon being in the eleven, and that's not because. I didn't. I haven't seen him played number nine too much. It wasn't the fact that he was playing as that central striker. It's the fact that I spoke to a lot of people before the match who were saying, "Oh yeah, you can't play Wilson. Play Gordon through the middle." And my concern there has been in recent weeks when Newcastle have struggled. Gordon's been the one player who's looked like he was going to make something happen. And my thought is, can you keep flogging him? If 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 he goes off tonight, then Newcastle have lost a real difference maker. But and he looked very tired at Wolves, but. 
it worked to a T. He then came off in what Howe described afterwards as a sort of the planned subs. Because yeah. it was fascinating that it looked like, oh, I've put out these players and, you know, this is this is this is the team for tonight and then we'll deal with Arsenal on Saturday. But Howe said afterwards when when I when I asked him about the, the changes in, in the team, he sort of basically said that we plan to bring on Bruno Gimaraes, Dan Byrne, Kieran Trippier, uh, all of these first teamers because we were treating this for them as like a strong training session. Shutting a player down for a week isn't a good idea and they've got to then elevate their physical level again on the Saturday. So it was a mix. We wanted to give some players some minutes, but shorten minutes. And some of the subs were preset before the game. Like Anthony Gordon, Joe Willett, we needed to get them off the pitch. So, yeah, it's going to be a key thing for us, managing minutes and trying to keep the squad as strong as possible. It was just a, it, it was in, it was just fascinating to see them come on at 3-0 and it was almost like a show of strength from Newcastle. Now we can bring on the big goods to see this out. Well, Chris, you mentioned uh, speaking to Eddie Howe there before the game, and we've got a little bit of audio from that, haven't we? Hi, Chris. Welcome back. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's a lovely touch, isn't it, Chris? Look at you, old sheepish. I think I went beetroot red at that point. I was rather, I was, <laughs> ra- I was rather embarrassed. Everyone sort of was turning around, looking as if to see what's going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. There, there were a lot of embarrassed people at Old Trafford last night, Chris. I don't think you were the most embarrassed. But that was no, that's a lovely little moment. He's, um, he's obviously missed your really strange questions. Yeah, he's, 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 he needs, he needs a challenge to try and work out how to, to answer it without just, just, just completely <laughs> cutting me off. So yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Ah, very nice. brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, he didn't really have to do anything in the end, did he? But it was a fun night for our keeper who won a Carabao Cup winner's medal with Manchester United last season, Martin Dubravka. Made one decent save from, uh, who was it? Mason Mount, he made a decent save from. Apart from that, could have sat there and done a Sudoku, couldn't he really, George? Yeah, he didn't have a lot to do. But um, yeah, and that is obviously one of the strange quirks of, of last season. And um, there was a kind of funny, funny chant that was going around the away end which was um, you've seen United now fuck off home which um, of course had <laughs> big echoes of Wembley of Wembley last season and you know they Man United did win that match and fair play to them fair play to them for that but that did feel like a nice little bit of redemption didn't it it did in terms of the match itself but also for Martin Dubravka I mean it's his first club game of, of, of this season and he went to Man United on the the promise he thought of playing quite regularly, he played two Carabao Cup matches. So in this competition last season, is unhappy with his time there. Newcastle and him agree to bring the loan back in January, and then the quirk of that bizarre situation that happened around the Carabao Cup final, where Nick Pope gets sent off yeah. against Liverpool the weekend before. Martin Dubravka, second choice goalkeeper in the Premier League, but is cup tied. So instead, Loris Carius comes in. So he was denied that moment as well. From the so I think for him to have kept a clean sheet, albeit he didn't have that much to do, I think that would have felt like a significant moment for him as well last night. Cathartic, cathartic, lots of catharsis. Absolutely. I thought some of his um, kicking, some of his distribution was really good as well last night. Some of his passes were lovely. Uh, yeah, we've also got a spare of thought for Matty Target, haven't we? Uh, started the game, came off after 80, 90 seconds or so. Uh, get well soon, kid, and that's what we'll say. In time for the Chelsea game, at least, uh, bless him. Uh, but the injuries are starting to pile up a bit, George, aren't they? Yeah, and again, you know, we're sort of talking to the people around me, it was that sort of thing, was, we've got to get off to a fast start here. So looking at the team, it was like, you know, get get a goal. If this team can get a goal against Man United, then the crowd possibly will start to turn and the, the team might fold. But then for something like that to happen so early, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be the night, is it? 
But yeah, obviously the first thought has to be for has to be for him. A real shame. You could see how frustrated and disappointed he was. He was banging the banging the ground with his with his fist. Obviously, he's got Dan Byrne in front of him at left back when he plays there, and um, it was it was a big chance for him. So yeah, all our all our thoughts. But yeah, they've got this this incredible list of injuries at the minute, and they're finding a way through, which is which is just so impressive. Yeah, Howe didn't know the extent of Target's injury yet, but he did admit that that it looked serious. He said he hoped it's hamstring, fact, isn't it? Yeah, hamstring. He said he hoped the fact that uh, it wasn't sort of a running action; it was a bit innocuous. He hoped that that meant it wouldn't be too serious. But Target was it's struggling sort of to walk for the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, he was struggling to walk afterwards, and so they were concerned. But to add t- to Matt Target, we are trying to. I'm going to try and get confirmation on this, but there is the added complication of Newcastle going to Chelsea in the next round of Lewis Hall is on a loan with an obligation to buy at the moment. So Lewis Hall may not be available in the next round. We're unsure yet. I'm going to try and find out because in the Premier League, he wouldn't be. We we are pretty sure because that's a rule. I'm going to try and clarify the EFL Cup rules and see whether he is able to play or not, or whether Newcastle are going to be down another player and he won't be able to play against his parent club. Good stuff, right then. Uh, a truly historic win, Georgia. First at Old Trafford in 10 years, second since 1972, and the first by a three-goal margin since 1932 clubs in a very different place psychologically speaking uh, and Newcastle's strength was summed up by their captain wasn't it yeah Sean said afterwards on on uh, on the Newcastle website he says we have total belief in each other no matter who plays and i just think that's an incredible statement and it's because because of how true it is and they do find a way of of surprising us this team and it's one of the best things about about them i mentioned oh you're just taking a big swig of carabao that, oh, Chris, that was that, that was really noisy <laughs> Have you lost all I've social manners? Well, I had a deal um, with you, so yeah. <laughs> um, and I do think that's up there with PSG. I know it's not the same competition. I know it's not the same prestige. But just in terms of that sort of historical side to it, um, not saying, you know, just Newcastle don't win at Old Trafford against Man United. It just doesn't happen. And that was that was history there. It was brilliant. And Newcastle were everything that Manchester United weren't. Manchester United, who have spent more than Newcastle in the space of a year under Eric Ten Hag, by the way, they just look like an absolute shambles on and off the pitch. And yeah, it it was it was it felt historical. I was so pleased to be there. As I said, it was hilarious. Newcastle are getting no luck in the cup draws. We have to remember that too. I mean, the Champions League group is one thing. This competition is another. To go from Man City to Manchester United and then Chelsea away but then finding a way of of doing it it's it's yeah it's this is a very very special team and we shouldn't be surprised at these moments anymore yet that is the beautiful thing about it it does feel like a surprise so it has that kind of magic to it um but you know looking around when the second goal went in and the third goal went in in that away section, which was just crammed to bursting and so noisy. You're seeing people with sort of their head in their hands looking absolutely gobsmacked and breathless and, you know, the goals go in and you feel knackered afterwards because people are celebrating it so much. And as I say, people don't... You you don't see Newcastle win at Old Trafford against Man United. It just doesn't happen. happens so rarely. So I have to absolutely savour that. And Newcastle are just a... They're just a team. They're a brilliant team. And... Man United are anything but that at the minute. 
Just to, to echo that, at half time I had uh, I had some family members who, who were in the in the away end, and I also had quite a lot of friends messaging me and sort of saying, well, they, were about, they were about great. weren't they about sort of a thousand of the uh, of the way section? Just yeah, like, based, just like based, for our live do, yeah. half the audience at our live show. <laughs> yeah, the waffle ultras travel travel far, um, <laughs> but the, 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 obviously they were getting giddy. Newcastle two 0 up at half time, and I still had although I have confidence in this side and that my night team is terrible, I. Was at Old Trafford when Newcastle went two 0 up uh, and then lost three two two 0 very early and lost three two. I remember Matty, Matty Longstaff scoring and them taking the lead and losing four one. A lot of times and a lot of Newcastle fans in the away end will have been to far more matches than me when Newcastle have taken a lead and not won. And so they were, at the start of the second half until the third goal. I was when there it, when was James transition. Perch scored. I was there yeah. when James Perch scored. <laughs> Still the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's, that's that's it. It's like I, I was totally the same last night. I was, you know, looking at the clock, and it's like seventy minutes. It's like, do I think that we, you know, again, it's like the same thing with PSG. When is the when, when does the moment arrive when you think, okay, we might actually win this? They're just conditioned, aren't you? And yet on the pitch, they're just in control, and you know that doesn't mean that at some at various points in the future, you know, something 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 footbally can happen, and the other team come and come back and win or whatever. But it's just like you. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's magnificent. I'm sort of speechless in some ways because I just think last night was just one of those very special, very special occasions. Really good. And the, I mean, you look at the you look at the draws. Well, now it, it, it is you basically who did you not want to, away from home? And it was it was Liverpool and then probably Chelsea. But this yeah. Chelsea is not a, a vintage Chelsea side. Albeit you would have thought they're going to try and, and and win a trophy under Mauricio Pochettino. But Newcastle will go there with no fear. But you look at the rest of it and the rest of of the, of the teams left in it. Everton Fulham is one of the quarterfinals. Port Vale, Middlesbrough. Port Vale and Middlesbrough. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a League One or a Championship team in a semi-final. In a semi-final. That's so the the, the the Arsenal went out last night. Obviously, Newcastle have knocked out both Manchester United uh, and Manchester City. Spurs are out. That it feels like that that the, again there may be an opportunity to to go far in this competition. Not trying to get ahead of yourself by any stretch of imagination. This game is going to be slotted in just before the Luton match leading up to Christmas. Newcastle have a heck of a lot of matches between now and then. But again we say this is this is the chat where by by the midpoint of the season you can be in you can be in a semi final of, of a competition and that's what Newcastle did last year and they've given themselves a great chance again. They've shown with the players coming in they should have such belief go to Chelsea and and, and why why can they not win that they, 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 they certainly have a good opportunity to. And we're back being a club again that's not bidding off these matches. I mean, it's what we've always dreamt of. It's what we've always hoped for. Yes, a lot of changes are being made, but the players who are coming in, you know, you go back, sorry to harp back again, but you go back three years, four years, five years, six years, and there would always be a different atmosphere on these cup games in the League Cup. It's like whatever team was named, you could feel it in the atmosphere. It was that we've lost before kickoff because ultimately the club is just not equipped to deal with it and doesn't want to it's not interested and that filtered down from the very top and now it's the opposite you've got people coming into the team and when they've got a chance they know they have to take it they know they've got to step up and they're all doing it it's that story of stepping up and it it's a completely different atmosphere yeah the team comes out last night and you think jesus you know what's going to happen here but then there's still that sort of sense of adventure and excitement about everything, and it just absolutely, yeah. And Chelsea, bring it on! I mean, I don't see absolutely why absolutely bring it on. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's a great draw. It's like the Champions League draw. It's a great draw. Yeah, of course we'd love Port Vale, love a, love an easy draw, but it's just yeah, bring it on! Can't wait. 
Let's get into them. Sod it. We'll play 12 fullbacks. Javier Manquillo in goal. <laughs> Fuck it. Bring them all on. We'll beat anybody. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right then. Let's move on, chaps. Uh, we've wobbled on enough uh, about that. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic via theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod and pay just one ninety nine a month. That's pounds, dollars or euros, depending on where you are. And that's per month for the first 12 months. We'll be back after these messages. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So Arsenal head to Newcastle for, surprise, surprise, a 5.30pm kickoff on a Saturday, Chris Woff. Bit of a slightly different feel to this one now, or is the Carabao stuff all irrelevant now? I don't think it's irrelevant at all. I think it's this felt like a three-match period which could really help define where Newcastle go this season, and if they'd been knocked out of the League Cup... Uh, and then that this Arsenal game, I think, would have would have would have brought a bit of trepidation. And obviously, they go to Dortmund, really needing a positive result now in, in that group, having lost it at home to them. But instead, you carry huge momentum, and that's you, you've been able to rest some players, that, that then bring them on. You've also got confidence that if you need to change things, that these these players can step in and do a job. And back at St James's Park. Newcastle will need no motivation for this one. Last season, Arsenal came to St James's having been embarrassed the year before and did a job on Newcastle. They they were too good for Newcastle. They're one of the few teams who've come and been able to play through them. And let's see if Newcastle have learned from that. Let's see what they can do against an Arsenal side. I don't think of, although they are obviously doing very well and are a bit are winning games and, and are near the top of the league, I don't think most Arsenal fans are necessarily entirely convinced by them yet. I think that they're still, some of the signs they've made over the summer are still bending in. They're a very, very good side and it will be a huge challenge. But they will not relish coming to St. James's Park after Newcastle have had such a boost for the win last night, whereas 
Arsenal themselves have gone out of, the, of that competition. I totally, totally agree. I, I, I do think you have to look at it as a three-game week. On that subject, I'd just like to make a little point. Chris, Chris sort of sachets back into work after six months off. He gets me to drive him down to Manchester. He's like doing the match piece in the press room, eating prawn sandwiches. Arsenal, Newcastle versus Arsenal. Oh, Chris is doing that match. Oh, Borussia Dortmund versus Newcastle. Oh, Chris is doing that match. Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Who's doing that one? one? Who's doing that one? George. Mike Shawford. Oh, okay. Muggins here. Good old. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. On the trail to the south coast. But I think I I I just think that is such a great start to this trio of matches. Yes, it'll be a completely different team again, almost certainly on Saturday. But the whole club, the whole dressing room, feels this momentum, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And. yeah, I just you you looking for Newcastle to tear into them. I think that would be yeah that would be what I'd like to see. Absolutely. I mean, my mind's been so preoccupied with Dortmund and Germany and sausage and beer and all that sort of stuff that I have completely forgot about this Arsenal game at this weekend and just thought, oh, we've got the we've got the Champions League again next week. Come on! And then you think, oh my God, we've got Arsenal to get past. And if you believe what the lads at Tifo uh, say, they've done a little video on this subject. Apparently, Arsenal aren't as good as everyone thinks, Chris. Well, I was alluding to it before. I mean, I I, I haven't watched them closely enough to be, to be able to confirm that, but I think that, that that they are still they're trying to evolve and they're trying to change. And they made a wonderful signing, obviously in Deck and Rice, and brought in some other very good players. But they're still adapting to what they are trying to do. And without Gabriel Jesus, they they, they do lack a little something, I think. But Newcastle have a Champions League game to consider next midweek. But so do Arsenal. Arsenal won in Seville last week which which gives them a huge boost because they'd lost at Lens but they also play Sevilla next week midweek at home and, and that's a huge match for them the pressure is on Arsenal I think to a certain degree they are trying to to chase Man City and at the minute currently does Spurs and also stay with, with Liverpool and, and they really need to come to, to St James's Park and get a positive result so it's a huge challenge for both sides and it will tell us a lot about where this Newcastle side are in terms of have they learned from last season what are, how are they able to cope with the injuries that they've got we very much expect that the players who, who were on the bench last night Kieran Trippier Dan Byrne Callum Wilson Bruno Gomerich they will come back into the starting 11 I think there'll probably be another five or six changes to, to revert back towards that and are those players having looked fatigued during the second half at Wolves? Have they managed to to rediscover some sort of fitness and form? And can they use the the positive momentum generated by other players last night to hopefully uh, get one over on Arsenal? It really is fascinating. It's a big match. The league is now Newcastle's meat and drink, isn't it? And it's a, it, all, all the top six is, is Newcastle's meat and drink. That's the idea. They're in Europe. They want to be back in Europe next season. So this is like a massive game. There's needle there. Newcastle became the first team to go to, to the Emirates last season and get a point and irritated Arsenal fans and players and staff and directors in the doing so, which was which was ridiculous because Newcastle played well. They did what they had to do. And that... Needle sort of lingered back into the game at at St James's, where, as Chris said, Arsenal did 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 to Newcastle what Newcastle have have done to other teams. So I think there's a lot there's a lot on it. A question that I asked Eddie Howe before the Man U game was about this being new, last season's Newcastle, and it is. I mean, albeit we've just seen Livermento and Hall play really well in the League Cup, but you would expect him to go back to that sort of tried and trusted kind of first 11, first 12, first 13 for this match. And it is asking a huge amount of last season's team to stay at the same level that they had last season when the other teams around them have 
have um, have strengthened. But you just don't bet against this Newcastle team. And um, yeah, I think it'll be a brilliant atmosphere at St James's. I think it'll be they'll be right up for it. And hopefully that the, the momentum of last night pushes them forward into this fixture and then the fixture afterwards. Speaking of that Arsenal match, we have to say thanks to Andy McCoy for your lovely email as well. Have fun at the game, Andy. Have a great time. Uh, you can all... That's the Carabao, that is. See, it's making me teeth tingle now. I can't even think straight anymore. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us as well, you can email us uh, at podonthetine at theathletic.com uh, or at podonthetine on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it this week. Uh, that's it, chaps. Thank you very much for your time. Chris Woff, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you very much. I just wanted to mention uh, a former name. You, you may have forgotten this person, Jacob Whitehead, who did... Um, he used to be of this parish, but no. Who? Who? Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. No. But he he sent dead, me a tweet yesterday morning, very kindly welcoming me back to work, but also reminding me that I had claimed there might be a, a Jacob Whitehead curse when Newcastle was struggling early on when he first arrived, and he said, "Well, we'll see who the real curse is." Well, I just want to say I'm one back, and that that Newcastle have won for just a second time since 1972 at Old Trafford. So early on, I am going to claim the moral high ground before hopefully this this doesn't cliff dive, and I haven't gone a little bit too far too soon. But yeah, I'm going to claim that. So much smugness just loaded all over that, Chris. And I do want to thank uh, my chauffeur for yesterday. I do now expect that for every match, though, going forward. And so I expect him to fly me in a private jet to Dortmund next week. But no, I do genuinely want to. He did did a heck of a lot of driving. On the way back, I wasn't the best uh, passenger because I was just sitting on my laptop and didn't finish until we pulled up outside his at Gosforth. But uh, yes, I just want to thank George. You'd have finished a lot quicker if you hadn't been sitting on your laptop and actually just been (laughs) working on it. That would just be my first little... I mean, I know it's been a while since you've been doing some work, but that, that was just a little tip. Don't sit on it. Actually, just open it and type on it. No, it was an absolute pleasure. It was a delight. It was. Um, I really wanted to, I wanted to be there for the match, but I wanted to be there with you as well. It was just a really great road trip. And, you know, in a sort of slightly sadistic way, I'm, you know, I've, I've contributed to your arteries clogging up even more. If there's a lovely, lovely picture on Twitter of Chris just staring staring sort of drooling just like drool emoji dribble emoji at the this massed banks of sausages at tea bay it was oh it's just a beautiful if you've never seen a man in love just have a look at that picture Un- unbelievable beautiful right then chops that's it cheers george thanks for your time mate loved it loved it a night for the ages you can hear it in my voice but um yeah what what a pleasure to chat about it too absolutely we're all off to open a crisp cool can of carabao and get on with the rest of our day thanks very much for listening uh, this has been pot on the time we'll speak to you next week take care goodbye
The Athletic.